You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Presented by Catches Law Group, New England's injury pros. Set up a free consultation when you visit CatchesLaw.com. And ESPN Sean McDonough joins us this morning on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey, Sean. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you? I saw that you were there for that Ravens-Chiefs game on, on Sunday. There on the sidelines. I saw you with Devin McCourty, of all people. Yeah, we had our own little version of the uh, Power Hour. I guess it's the Power Hour and a half now with Matt Light, right? Uh, yeah, yes, joining, it's yes. exciting. I, I'm no longer the warm-up act for Devin McCourty. That's what I told him when I saw him on the field before the game. Yeah, I was there. Yep. I, and by the way, I am, I'm on Justin Tucker's side. I heard you guys debating that. Mm, it's uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was kind of silly, really, what happened, and. Um, well, it's petty you know, on like I'm it's biased. petty on their part. I've known Justin for a long time. I go mm-hmm. to many Ravens games, and uh, including that one, and have spent time. As a matter of fact, I talked to Justin for a little bit Saturday night at the team hotel in the dining room. Um, he's a great guy. He's not a you know he's not somebody who's just over there trying to cause a problem, be a nuisance, and create something like that. And, you know, he's just doing what he always does, and uh, apparently Mahomes in particular and Kelsey didn't like it so anyway what can you do i'm on the side of former professional offensive lineman matt light kicker get your ass to the sideline man (laughs) (laughs) sean uh, a a different justin uh in justin turner there's reports out now about his future and obviously it's not going to be with the red Sox. but we went back to november where he turned down his player option and now the reports coming out that his representatives uh were trying to contact the red Sox, and the red Sox weren't getting back to them where do you fall on this entire thing if he turned down the player option back in november then what did the red Sox really have to respond to his representatives about yeah, I don't know. Uh, to be honest, um, yeah, I think it's too bad that he's not coming back because I thought you know he had a really good year, was an important part of the team. You know, is a good guy, kind of a leadership type of guy. So I think there were a lot of positives. You know, he's getting late in his career, but he didn't look like a guy who was at the end last season. So you know, I don't know all the inner workings of his contract negotiations and how and why it happened, but I, I do think it's a loss if. Uh, if he's not going to be here because he was a good player last year. Sean, I think, you know, when we get into the world of like, all right, before the season starts, the biggest thing all fans have, and, you know, we'll ask some somebody like you with your expertise, what's the expectations for the Red Sox? I, I like, if for fans, what can fans expect? What do you think the majority of fans, their expectations are for this ball club uh, going into this season? Yeah, um, I would say about the same, right? I mean, we talked about it last week, and I just don't know that they've improved, or if they have, it doesn't seem to be significantly, you know, particularly in the area of starting pitching, which is where they had 
a big need. So, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that they're going to be much better. You know, I think a couple of these guys they brought over um, might be an upgrade over what they've had, you know, Grissom and O'Neill um, potentially. So, um, you know, I, I think they might be incrementally better, but I, I just don't know looking at what they have done or haven't done where you would say, wow, you know, here's an area where they're significantly improved because to me it just hasn't happened. But sometimes they surprise, right? And and, and not just them, but other teams, you know, you think, uh, I don't think anybody would have seen the Bruins doing what they did last year. I think people thought they'd have a good team. I don't think that people thought they'd set the league record for wins and points. And, you know, they're doing it again. God bless them. You know, I, I thought they would drop off, uh, pretty significantly with what they lost. You know, I kind of thought the Bruins would be a team that would, you know, maybe be in a fight for one of the last playoff spots. And, you know, here they are atop the league in points again. So sometimes teams surprise us, but, and I hope the Red Sox do, but to answer your question in a very long winded way, we get, I don't think expectations are particularly high of among the fan base, at least the people I talked to. You were uh, at times last season when doing games vocal about uh, some of the dysfunction, maybe w- with regard to Alex Cora or to Heim Bloom or to or to finger pointing, uh, Alex Cora heading into his yeah, and you got me in trouble with Alex Cora. <laughs> you, <laughs> wasn't and me. your I mean, cohorts. I, I, there, you're, you're the, they, me a problem. <laughs> uh, the words, the words came out of your mouth, I, not mine. Uh, I mean, well, I, they might have, but you didn't have to uh, fan the flames, as it were. <laughs> um, I mean, I saw you walking around the seaport one day. And you thanked me for giving you guys a topic in the dead of summer where there was nothing to talk about. So you, you turned my harmless little comment into four hours of debate about Alex Cora. Uh, is... and, so, and I didn't even know that you had done that. And then, you know, I saw you and you told me that. So I had a game a couple of days later. So I said, I have to go down to the clubhouse now before the game and hang around because, you know, my dad used to say, hey, you know, if you're going to say stuff about people, you better show up, right? You better give them an opportunity to talk to you about it. So I intentionally went to the the clubhouse and hung around for a little bit. And Alex Cora came walking by and he looked at me and he said, could I talk to you for a second? I, all right, thank you, Greg Hill. Here we go. um, (laughs) He, I got summoned into the principal's office and, uh, we, we actually, it's nice to know he listens to your show. <laughs> yes, it is really good. Yeah, it's good to know. But yeah. he's, he's he heading driving into... his daughter to the airport and heard you uh, fanning the flames, as well, it were. I so like anyway. Alex Cora. I'm glad he's a listener and I support him. He's a good he guy. Uh, I like is, Alex a lot, too. He's heading. Although he blames me. You know, we, we've talked about this before. You know, fans of teams connect the announcer to something that they called for their team, good or bad, like the Michigan people don't like me because of that punt play that they messed up at the end of the game against Michigan state, which one of the greatest endings in the history of college football, the Michigan state guy ran the the ball in the end zone of the last play of the game. And I had my, one of my infamous voice cracks, which I think I've hit puberty since then now. Um, but the, yeah. And Alex, when he became the manager of the Red Sox, we were talking one day, he said, uh, you called the game when LSU hit the home run against my, my Miami team to win the College World Series, which I did. A guy named Warren Morris at a home walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth in Omaha to win the College World Series. And as he was running around the bases, Alex was the shortstop for the University of Miami who was face down in the dirt uh, as Alex, as uh, Warren Morris went running by. 
was it, with him heading into I'm the... I'm filibustering a lot today. I know. I, it's my great goal pivot. now is great not pivot. answer questions. <laughs> I try to come on here for 10 minutes and no, just... No, listen, it's not going to be bad. I babble the, about nothing and the, run the clock out, I think I'm doing it very effectively. No, the answer is not going to be bad. I know. I, the He's heading into the final year of his deal. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is your guess that things are better when it comes to working with Craig Breslow or to, to you know, where he feels heading into this... Because you know they're spending less, uh, he certainly wants them to do better. He's 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 talked a lot about the need for pitching, and they haven't improved there. It, how do you what what do you think the mood is of Alex Cora heading into this season? Uh, probably frustrated, right? I mean, to your point, he wants to win. He knows they need better starting pitching. You know, but at a certain point, right, it, it's going to be on him too. I mean, I, I think we can all look at the roster and say, you know, they're not as good as the other teams that are winning the other teams in their division. Um, but as we all know, you know, in sports, if you fit, keep finishing last, uh, eventually the coach or manager is going to walk the plank too. So yeah. you know, I, I do think it's, uh, it's hard for him because I think if they keep losing, you know, eventually it's pr- probably going to happen to him too, whether it's fair or not, just the way it goes. Sean, why, why the shift in like financial, uh, the way they kind of do the things financially, the Red Sox, where they want to basically told us that, you know, what we're going to have less of a payroll. What do you think the reason is for their whole mindset when with them doing this? Uh, they want to spend less money. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I think, um, you know, to me, you know, it's it's always been uh, you, you need to make money, right? I mean, if you win more. When they were winning more, you know, they were filling the park every night. I mean, how many sellouts do they have in a row? Hundreds and hundreds. And now, you know, you go there and most nights there are a lot of empty seats. So, you know, to me, you have 5,000 empty seats times whatever the ticket price is and the concessions and parking. Uh, you know, at, at some point that if you're winning and the payroll helps you win, the additional money spent on players, then it kind of pays for itself with more people in the park and, uh, more people eating concessions and more people watching Nesson. So I don't know. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Um, you know, it's obviously a conscious decision to lower the payroll. And uh, but I, I do think it's kind of gone hand in hand with the one loss record. You know, they might say it doesn't, but, you know, it does, in my opinion. Yeah. Sean, uh, you were with uh, Devin on the sidelines of the AFC Championship game, and Adam yeah, Schefter I saw him before the game. Adam Schefter keeps talking about this inane rumor that Andy Reid could leave the Chiefs and retire, and Bill Belichick could get there. Did you hear anybody in any place around the building on Sunday that intimated anything to you that Andy Reid was considering winding this down if he wins it all on uh, a week, two weeks? Uh, there was some uh, talk about it, not a lot. Um, you know, I don't think it, it certainly didn't come across as imminent. Um, but, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, too. I mean, and I trust Adam Schefter. You know, it's, you know it wouldn't surprise me if, if Andy is considering it. I mean, he's definitely toward the end of his career and. You know, I kind of believe in, you know, go out on top. So if yeah. he were to win and he was pondering it, I don't, you know, I wonder if it might compel him to uh, be more likely to retire and go out with the Super Bowl championship. But whether Bill winds up there or not, wow, that would be, that'd be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, 
I would guess that that would not happen, but uh, Shefty's plugged in, that's for sure. So, All right, Sean, thank else? you, as always, and we will, uh, we will check in with you again next week. You got it. Have a great day. All right, there he is, Sean McDonough from ESPN. I mean, do you think Bill wishes that he went out with a win? As opposed to the last four years here, maybe Andy Reid would, maybe he would want to go out with a win. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't think Bill like saw what was coming the way it ended. Well, no, nobody ever sees. Well, this. Andy Reid can see that, you know, it's pretty good. Like Patrick Mahomes is only yeah. 28 years old. Yes, he's only 28 years old. Also, the way he plays the position, he's more likely to be injured. I'll uh, stop than- that. I mean, anybody who steps on a football field could get hurt. I understand that. Right. And Mahomes doesn't play. He he plays a position like, you know, a good portion of quarterbacks play it nowadays. But Joe Burrow is less less athletic than Mahomes, and he gets hurt more. So, And Josh Allen is more of an athlete and doesn't get hurt as much as Mahomes. So if you're Andy Reid, you're sitting there and looking at it and go, all right, Mahomes is going to play for another five years at least. Mm Mm-hmm. I could easily do this for another five years and go out on top. Mm-hmm. Or am I really invested in, like, do I need to keep doing this? Like, I mean, where I, I think I, Bill was ch- is chasing the Shula record. I will say that the way Mahomes extricated himself when he had both of his legs being held and the way he's able to twist mm-hmm. and move like that, uh, that's, that's yoga-like. That's shime at yoga-like, Ooh. I will tell you. I'm not very flexible. I'm going to be honest. He works on that stuff, though. Like, they had a video of him kind of, like, you know, working on But it's just, you know, some guys get lucky and they don't things have. um, They get lucky and they don't get hurt. Some guys are unlucky and they do. But just based on the way they protect the quarterback, if you're Andy Reid, for the next five years, you don't think that they're going to be. He's been in every AFC championship game yeah. since he started as so the he's quarterback. Not going anywhere. Right. All right. I have um, a question for you, Greg. Speaking of trainer Dan, what if we bring trainer Dan to our beautiful home in Cape Coral and oh. we he has plenty of room to sleep and then yes. every day we do yoga together? Yes. I love it. We'll see. I and mean, he makes sure that we don't have any cheat meals. That right. would be good. Or is yes. he cooking for us? Well, yes. no, I'm sure yes. you would tell us, you know, yes. nutrition wise. And a mommy all day. Uh, yes, we'll have him do some meal prep for yep. us for the week. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get to Courtney and what is trending. Your home of the socks. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now brought to you by Shaw's. Some breaking Patriots news. They are hiring Rams assistant special teams coach Jeremy Springer as their new special teams coach huh? under Gerard Mayo. So, A great okay. sign going outside the family. Well done. Okay. One for yeah, one. Good. Like it. And bringing in, I just saw, bringing in another 12 potential OC candidates uh, over the next five weeks. See if anybody will take that job. Mm. The Celtics take down the Pacers at the TD Garden last night, 129-124. to 124. Jason Tatum put up 30 to lead the way, while Jalen Brown had 25 and Derek White had 24. Today through Thursday at Shaw's and Star Market, pick up value-packed Purdue roasting chicken or signature farms chicken drumsticks, bone-in thighs, or leg quarters for just 99 cents a pound. That's limited to two per customer. That's right, just 99 cents a pound. Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. That's what's trending. Here is Curtis with your weather. And Greg, really rude Sonic Blue in the Twitch chat says that you're a gr- you're a yoga farter. Mm. I, I have never been to a yoga class once in my life. I mm. probably would accidentally 
release gas or what have. But really? I've never. I'm. If we do this group class for the show, it'll be my first yoga class ever. I'm not a big. I, I'm not a big believer in the uh, in the in the namaste. Well. I- 28 degrees in Boston, and I appreciate Stick Tap for the honesty that you hadn't been to one before. And if you did, you would fart. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tomorrow on this show, Mike Milbury on the Boston Bruins. I'm I'm waiting for Devin McCourty, and I, you know, we thought last week was the last week with Devin, and then I think Devin wants to continue on the show, but I don't know if he got the full message on today or not. Mm-hmm. I this is another instance, Curtis. I'm no disrespect to him of me cleaning up after the the brand manager. I mean, I, I don't know how I'm uh, to be expected to do everything around oh. here. Huh? I, I would say a little bit of tension brewing between Yeah, no two. tension. I just, I mean, listen, I'm, I got a helping hand wherever it's needed. Right. I just don't know if Ken is, if he's got his eyes on the prize. Yeah. Eyes I, on the ball at all times. He is, he is so quickly just transitioned into the most annoying, boring <laughs> middle manager of radio. I think he does a great job. I do, too. It's kind of like a Bill and Love Jonathan it, relationship yep. between you oh, and Ken. Uh, listen, he's done a, an extraordinary job with the snow show, which is mm-hmm. happening on Friday. And he's done a great job My guy. getting everything ready for a bunch of road shows in Fort Myers at JetBlue Park. So the man is extraordinary. And I just, I kid. Uh, oh, and here is Devin McCourty, brought to you by the top defense. If you've been injured, Catches Law Group. At Catches, you pay nothing unless they win. They are the official law firm of the New England Patriots. Devin joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Hey. What's happening? We got a couple bonus weeks here. I'm very yeah. excited. Yeah, I know. And I, I took my alarm out of my phone last week after you said bye, so I'm a little late. But, I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for this. Uh, we are all for it as well. Um uh, just uh, actually, Sean McDonough just brought up that you guys were together uh, sideline wise at that Ravens uh, Chiefs game pregame. Uh, I 
Yeah, I'm going to start with what drives me nuts, and it's been the topic this week in, in many places. Uh, it, it, please tell me that it is way too early to uh, to bring Patrick Mahomes up in the same conversation as Tom Brady. I think it's too early to say he's there, but I think it's safe to say he's the only one now chasing what Brady was able to accomplish. Like, I was talking to my friends, and, you know, people were talking about, like, Mahomes is there already. And, like, like let's slow down. Like, Brady has 35 playoff wins. Mahomes, where he's at compared to where Brady was at in his career, he's ahead. Like, that's great. But playing 23 years in the NFL isn't promised. Like, we can't just think Patrick Mahomes is going to go play 20 years and be able to break all of these records. Like, you don't know that. You don't know what the future holds. But I think he has now put himself – he's close to putting himself in a, a category that's above the rest of the guys, the rest of the great quarterbacks, and now only trails Tom. Like, I think that's coming sooner than later. As great as Joe Montana was – like Patrick Mahomes is two playoff wins away from being tied with Joe Montana. Like that, like that's ridiculous um, to think at this point in his career. So uh, I do think he's putting himself on a, a whole nother stage um, where I think he's kind of in a conversation where it's, you know, him, Montana and Brady um, and then everybody else. So um, he's definitely chasing it, but I wouldn't put him there yet. Dev, does it help Patrick Mahomes because of the era in football that he is in where he might not have to play 20 years, where he could potentially play for another 10 years and be consistently right in the mix because of the way the league is as far as the protection of the quarterback, how much they throw the football. Statistically, he'll get all those numbers and might not have a 10-year drought like Brady had where he will be able to, you know, get him close to the number that Brady has to have the conversation that people might want to have? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a chance of that. I throw stats out of the window, I think, because of what you just said. I think as the game continues to evolve, especially quarterback numbers are going to be so far greater than all the guys that played before him. It's going to be guys that don't even have anywhere close uh, to the impact that other quarterbacks have had on the game, who's going to have way better numbers when you talk about yards, touchdowns, like all of those things. But I do think it's like it's hard to predict that Mahomes won't have one of these guys that steps up or has one of these teams that come out and beat them. Like I mean, let's say San Fran wins this Super Bowl, then that's another drought where you don't you know you don't win a Super Bowl. That's another year you don't win. So it's so hard to predict how that kind of works out. But I think, yeah, of course there's a world where, you know, if Kansas City can continue to keep some of those guys in there, because I think that's the difference with Brady. I think Brady went to the Super Bowl, you know, won back-to-back, went all of those times, you know, with that one group of guys, you know, the Vrabels, the Brewskis, the Rodney Harrisons, the Willie McGinnises, uh, the David Pattons, Deion Branch, Jermaine Wiggins, like all of those guys. And then, you don't want a Super Bowl for 10 years, and what happens is you're still playing as a quarterback, but all of your other core guys retire, and then you build up this next group of guys, and you win a Super Bowl or multiple Super Bowls with them. Like, to me, that was what has been great about watching Brady, where I think Mahomes hasn't gone through that yet. He hasn't gone through not playing with Travis Kelsey or um, losing different guys like Chris Jones. Like, 
he has to then do that, I think, to get into that Brady category. All right. Those who want to knock Brock Purdy, call call him a game manager, glorified game manager. Is, is that right or wrong? Yeah, I mean, again, you'll hear people, I think, football people who are deep in the weeds, football man, a game manager is a guy that knows exactly where, what to do with the ball, when to do with the ball at the right time. Like, call out a game manager, but if you do it in the fourth quarter, you're clutch. So if I'm Brock Purdy, I don't go crazy about that. Like, what he did last week against Detroit, he no longer, out of nowhere, he's no longer a game manager. He's a clutch guy who now separated himself from the Tua, the Dak Prescott, the, you know, all these different guys. But they're going to continue to bring up his measurables and all of those other things. But the honest truth is every quarterback's great when we look at what they do in a regular season, if they can run and throw deep and but then when we get in the playoffs, we're like, well, none of that matters. Who makes the plays when it counts? And then Brock Purdy does that, and it's like, oh, well, now he's a little better than what he was. So, to me, the guy has played really good football. He's done what he's supposed to do. He's taken a team that other people have taken the team, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, all these guys have had opportunities. If Brock Purdy goes and wins the Super Bowl, then he can't be the same as them. There has to be something different. Um, so it's been fun to watch, and I think anytime you see these stories, with, you know, guys who are, you know, the Patrick Mahomes of the world going against the Brock Purdy's of the world. It creates a, uh, an awesome story, and, you know, there's going to be one side of the, the world who's going to root for the underdog and the other side that wants to see greatness continue to prevail. So it leads up for, you know, a great Super Bowl to watch. Devin, it was announced that Gerard got himself a special teams coach uh, in Jeremy Springer. And so they've got the D.C. figured out. They've got special teams figured out. But the O.C. position, they're still interviewing a bunch of people. Is there a possibility that we could see ourselves in April going into the draft where Gerard Mayo doesn't have an offensive coordinator? And how detrimental would that be? Yeah, I don't think so. I think think all of these things are going to come to a head pretty soon, like, he doesn't have an OC. There's two teams that don't even have a head coach yet. So I think this kind of process is still playing itself out. Like, I was one of those guys that thought Ben Johnson was definitely taking one of these jobs. And I thought there was an outside chance that Bobby Slowick would be another guy that got a job. And you saw both of these guys go back to their teams and decide to stay. So I think there's still things being worked out. I would imagine in the next couple of weeks, um, Mayo fills that spot and has an offensive coordinator. Um, but I think, I think he's doing a good job as a first year head coach, a guy who's been in New England, knows, you know, a lot of the same people of going and figuring out what else is out there. Like, let me not just interview people I know or come with a great recommendation from somebody I know. Like, let me go into the weeds and interview different people and see what they know and how we connect and can we click together. So, um, I think it's a process and it's playing itself out, but I think more than anything, they need to find the right guy, um, not necessarily have it done by a certain time, but make sure that guy is a guy that's going to come in there, change the whole offensive dynamic, um, and allow you to kind of look like, I mean, at some point, just look like an NFL offense. That would be amazing. Devin, could you maybe walk me off the ledge here? There's been some rumor that McDaniels will be the guy and that he would bring Mac back. Do you see a scenario where that <laughs> comes to uh, fruition? I don't know. I I, uh, I did a podcast the other day, and I said there could be a world where some OC comes in and does think like, hey, we can win with Mac Jones, 
and then go get better in the draft and free agency around them. Is that Josh McDaniels? Like, I don't know. Um, I know the fan base wants, like, again, this, like, total break from everything that was old in New England. Um, I, I kind of differ in that. I think the the whole, like, let's not do anything that Bill Belichick did is, I think, is absolutely lunatic. And I think the world that Josh McDaniels was so bad in New England is also ridiculous. So um, I, I don't think – I don't know if that is – what's going to happen. I think with no OC being in place, these rumors will continue to roll that Josh McDaniels will be back and Max going to be back or Max going to get you. Like, no one will know until that happens, but I'm also not the guy that's sitting here saying, like, please don't bring Josh. Like, Josh McDaniels is a good offensive coordinator. He's very productive. Uh, his time in New England as an OC, um, Max year was very productive. Now, I don't know if you can get back to that. I'm also not the guy that's saying if Josh and Matt come back, then it's going to be recreation of 2021. Like, life doesn't work that way. Um, but I think it all has to play itself out. I don't think I don't think right now there's this, like, definite that because nothing's happening that Josh McDaniels has a job. I don't think that's it at all either. I mean, I, are you one of these guys like Wiggy who says with that with that number three pick you have to take a quarterback, or would you be intrigued by Marvin Harrison Jr.? I think right now, no offensive coordinator, no true plan in sight. I'm thinking from a player. If I'm a player on that team, I would I would I would want to see a quarterback selected. I would want to feel like we're moving in a different direction, a new kind of hope. Like I think the worst thing to go into an off season now, going into a new season, is that feeling of we didn't do much of anything, and as a player to feel like I don't see how this is going to be any different. And I think that's the fear. If you kind of don't take a quarterback, you kind of come back and run it back with a lot of the same things. I think it's the fear of man, like how is this going to be different? And I think, I think honestly, I think 2022 and 2023. I think those seasons was that. I don't think there was enough change in the building and personnel-wise from players and different things of like, all right, this is going to be way different. Like, I don't, I don't think enough happened, and I think it. I think that's why you went from eight and nine to four and thirteen because that feeling of, ah, like this is kind of the same, and I think you lost a little bit of the the fight and the will to win out some of those games to get to eight wins or nine wins. Because it's not like they got blown out every week. Like, they were a lot of close games where they had shots to win and they just fell short. Um, and I think they need to have, like, there's good change. New head coach. New, I think they, I think the quarterback position is another position that right now, without having some other things in place, when you look at it, it seems like a no-brainer to go get one of these guys in the top three um, that you feel like can be franchise quarterbacks going forward. When are you heading to Vegas? Uh, Wednesday, Wednesday next week. All right, mm-hmm. we're gonna a lot of FaceTime coming up for you. Should Z- zero FaceTime. I'm going down. I'm radio guy. Oh, all right. Oh, Westwood okay. one. Yeah. Okay. How was that? Because I now when I was driving back from our event at um at Aviva Trattoria, I was listening to the radio, and you and your brother were doing the broadcast, right? Yeah, yeah, well, high and eagle. How, how was that? Like, how was that to do like a broadcast with your brother? I mean, I know you played, but it's like 
you know, both giving your opinions about football, and clearly you both have different views of the game. What's that like to be doing that? Because Brady's going to be in that world next year, and, you know, I guess it's pretty cool to do that with, you know, with your fam. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome, I think, especially because the hardest thing with having three people in the booth is, like, the amount of time to talk or, like, the going back and forth. And I think because we've been around each other for so long, it just naturally flows. Like, we're pointing at each other before we talk, like, seeing who's going to go. And then I think I think people thought with us going in the booth, we both play defensive back and all of those things. We see the game different, I think, because he's played for different coaches, what he views as important, what I view. Like, last week we're in the Baltimore-Kansas City game. You know, Kansas City played well all the all game. Baltimore's defense really shut Kansas City down for the most part in the second half. And he felt like, you know, Baltimore's offense and Lamar Jackson, like, let's go. And I felt like the team in Baltimore, even though Lamar Jackson MVP, it was built on defense. And they were the bullies. And I felt like the way they started the game set the tone. And we were going kind of back and forth with those kind of points, even after the game of what we thought was the deciding factor. Um, and for me, it was the defense not really showing up in the first half set the tone for the game. So even that back and forth is, is a lot of fun. And I thought it was cool even hearing Tom uh, on the McAfee uh, show talking about what he's done. And I've heard from different people, like, he's gone to uh, watch games live and broadcasts and watch people. And he said it, like, I have enough notes to write a book. And that's why I think Brady will be good because he's one of those, like, upset, never-fail guys that he's going to study, he's going to work. Um, to be as good as possible. So it's going to be fun, I think, to see him going out there and, and you know, bringing his unique 23-year career um, to the booth and all the things he'll talk about. And if he is loose and more open, I think people will enjoy even some of his harder takes that we've heard a little bit of when he talks about the quarterback position. Um, I think it'll be really good when he gets in the booth. Do you think Bill ends up on TV next season? I think he was, I think he's going to make a tough decision. Of, oh. Oh. oh man! Oh. This year, that is going to say, "Let's go and get Bill." Uh, but he has to decide: spend time with the grandkids, hang out for a year, uh, or go do TV. And there's a world where he does a studio show and could do both. So it's definitely a possibility. We missed the very first first part of that, but. You think he's making a decision between spend time with the grandkids or go be on TV if no job comes? What do you think he picks, knowing him like you know him? I think he does a studio show and spends time with the grandkids and goes to the studio once a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All and, right. And before you go, Devin, congratulations on making Gronk and Edelman's list of most attractive players that they've played with. Did I make the list or did I just get mentioned? Uh, well, it was either you or your brother. No, it was Devin. Oh, it was. There was a list, and then they kind of added you at the end. But yeah. I would consider that yeah, on the list. Right? Right. So he was the token brother who got thrown in. <laughs> you know, exactly. It's always got to be one. I mean, you see all the yep, great shows growing up. <laughs> Saved by the Bell. Uh, I appreciate the love, though, Courtney. I appreciate the love. You're, you're very welcome. All right, Dev. We will talk to you next week in advance of the big game. All right. Oh, my God. All right, that's Devin McCourty. We'll be right back. I'm Sandra, 
and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Wow. A lot of butthurt former New England Patriots around this place who didn't make the most attractive list when it comes to the all-time hottest New England Patriots. I don't judge men on well, their looks. Well, 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 I judge them on strictly on their performance well, on the field. But Foyer's it's very okay. upset. He's, you, both you and Foyer want to make your own list because you no, want to. No, no, I don't want a list. All the football guys in the room just stop because just over it all on Twitch says, way to go, Courtney, bringing irrelevance to a football interview. So oh, they don't I, like it. They don't oh, like the... the, well, the, the yeah. You know, Julian Edelman, uh, I believe, played football. Greg, again, uh, correct me if I'm yes, wrong. Yes, he did. And yeah. he, on his podcast, uh-huh. names, what is it? Friends, name, games with names. Yeah, yeah, yeah something um, like that. Brought it up, and yeah. so I just was trying to have fun with yeah. with two football guys it. on the I show. I enjoyed it when you brought it up. You brought it up several it. times today. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I the list is interesting. It no goes it. Tom Brady, Obviously. Jimmy Garoppolo, Dreamboat, uh, Amendola, Cutie Patootie, uh, Edelman. <laughs> And Gronk. That well, wait, was the if, list. If, yeah. Wait a minute. If Edelman's <laughs> doing it, it's just all their buddies. If Edelman's doing, if Bubs is doing the list, how does he put himself on the same right. list? They put, well, that, the right. whole thing was Edelman was saying that it was, he was offended or he was upset that Jimmy G got put on the team because it took away a spot. He still put himself on the spot. Oh. I mean, he probably belongs on uh, on the list. I mean, the man is very attractive. I mean, very. I mean Will uh, Fork got screwed. All right. Yes. Yeah. Well, right. Vince wasn't on that but list. But when we were going over the list, when he said all of those Marcus men, all Cannon the white wasn't men a- look the same. They yeah. kind of like Edelman. You think Gronk looks like Tom Brady? No, no, no. But they have that same like Edelman looks like Brady, looks like Channing Tatum, looks like <laughs> Amendola. All and then the I, white men look the same. And then I brought up <laughs> like That's when they said. when they do the list of good looking brothers. You know, I don't do it, but my wife and her friends, right. Idris Alba. Do you think you become looks, less of a man if you think another man's a good-looking guy? No, I, I got, no. Wait, he said he doesn't look at men no, that I don't, way. I, I don't said, judge men on their looks. I, mean, I don't I judge them on their personality. Don't judge anybody. Devin's hot. Yeah, I you judge them on their personality. You, don't you identify a man who's attractive? Not, it's not my place to so do like, that. You don't think Devin is hot? It's Devin not my handsome. place. To, he's a great guy, seems like. I, so, Wiggy. I, I judge Wiggy, him on his personality. Glenn Ordway and Brad Pitt walk into the room and you're like, same thing. Hey, listen. If I'm looking at anybody, for me, I'm... You know, I'll if I make the top five most attractive uh, females. Oh, here comes Foyer. Idris Alba looks oh, nothing like Chris Brown. He's so Wiggy is so afraid to, I'm not to, afraid to, to identify. To we are going to put this to the test right now. Yeah. I'm not afraid I have of anything. Four white guys coming in. Okay, <laughs> we are going to see if any, any of them look the same. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> Just for the record, I, uh, and then you may need to go up there too because here here comes some white okay. guys. Okay. All right, All right let's let me see. see. Here comes the first one. Right. Tell them one. to come on in. Tell them okay. to come in. Come in. Come in. Contestant number one. All right. Number three. All right. There. three. Do those guys look the same? They all come. 
kind of look the same. They all look similar. They all look similar. I'm just talking facial instructions. Hey, Shime, come in here. Hey, Shime, stand next to him. Look at this. Are you out of your mind? They all look the same. If we were were judging based on their looks. We can see all these five white guys. You are blind. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. No, they. I'm telling you, Idris Elba looks nothing like Chris Brown. <laughs> and because they're, they're considered good-looking guys, yeah, Idris Elba, great-looking guy, yeah. right? So, but they'll look. I feel like Brady, Brash, Coop, and Ken are all Brady considered ta- good-looking guys. It's fascinating though that you're afraid. Yes. You're afraid to say that another man is attractive. Yeah. I got no. Listen, if a guy is good-looking, and you know, how I know if a guy is attractive. How many beautiful women he got around him? <laughs> and then maybe that's based on the money he's had. Right. But go it's the, not. Go to, the, go to the seaport or Rich Pool. That is There's true. a lot of guys with but hot Curtis, chicks that are not attractive. It is not like, I don't, I judge, I judge a guy on his personality. Oh, good. That's why I, I go look past him. I judge everybody based on their personality. I don't even see anything. Why is it wrong for a dude to be like, yo, I don't judge dudes on their look? Because it's I, just strange. Why? Because it's also, just there's a lot of guys. Everybody Curtis, knows no, that no people disrespect. are good looking or bad. I mean, no disrespect, but you spent like five hours seeing nothing on that cheerleader's Instagram that you did a deep dive on. You know, and, and the good thing is, is it's, it's we never talk about it. <laughs> you know how I would say it? I would be like, I would be like, oh, Garoppolo or Edelman, they look like they do all right with the ladies. So that means. Okay, so you think that they're handsome. Well, I mean, they, if with, they don't look like they have problem getting ladies. So that's handsome. how I judge. Yeah, if they're handsome, they're handsome. <laughs> It's not my a point to say that, Courtney. You can say it without anybody thinking anything about you. you I know? think I listen. I think Idris Elba, good-looking brother. Okay, okay. there you go. Right, does well with the ladies. Okay. Channing Tatum does well with the ladies. Zach Efron, handsome guy. And see, they all look the same. Zach no. Efron looks like Channing Tatum a little no, bit. Yeah, they do. Cool. Zach Efron looks like uh, Coop was in the middle, right? <laughs> looks kind of like Coop without yeah, the muscles. If you're talking about like High School Musical Zach Efron, <gasps> but if you're talking about Zach Efron from like The Claw, no, but they I'm, look nothing I'm alike. talking about Coop is Zach Efron if Zach Efron didn't have muscles and was maybe like six years younger. <laughs> all right, we got to go. Wow. Who <laughs> invited us? today. Thanks to Devin McCourty. Thanks to Sean McDonough. Thanks to Matt Light. Yes. And you know what? Matt Light and Wiggy, good looking guys. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, what is Greg? What did you say? Eye is in the. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. beholder. Yes, it is. That is it. All right. (laughs) Well, we're back tomorrow morning at 6 with Mike Milbury on this show. Final day here in the studio before the snow show on Friday. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching on Twitch. Gresh and Foyer next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 